if you had any long positions and you sold them on the close yesterday and you thought pretty did pretty good, well, you should have waited another minute. S&Ps explode. And they're still moving. Dennis and I don't have an explanation for that move. We got some earnings. And you know what? Good is great. Just a little beat. You're doing okay. We'll run down to earnings reports. We'll talk to Mark Chaikin at 8.15. Drum roll, please. CPI at 8.30. This is Thursday. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Alconin. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. We're starting in the green, 16 handles, 25.75. We haven't even seen the top of uh, of Wednesday's range yet. Buck down a dime at 105.46. Bond rally continuing up a half a point, 113 and 28, 30 seconds. Crude fills the gap from um, from Monday, now up a buck 20, 84.69. Gold moving in, in on uh, 1900 up 920, 1896 and a half. Silver working its way through the 22 handle up 18 cents at 22,315. And Bitcoin futures, they're up 75 bucks at 26,870. I'm going to bring in Triple D. And Triple D, I don't think there's anything I could have done to help you on that close yesterday. Oh. Because if you had any offers out there, they you picked off. off. I mean, someone. You think someone just like puked a short or something on the close because it happened like that? Yeah, we popped about seven or eight handles right after the close, and we gave none of it back. So often you see this whipsaw action, but it wasn't the case. We rallied right on the close, and what you got to say is the bulls are in complete control. As much as the bears were in control a week ago. The bulls are in complete control here now. You know, you would put in the triple bottom right at the 420 S&P. Actually, the quad bottom right at the 420 S&P. We had the dip on the war. That got bought. We had the dip on the PPI. That got bought. We got the CPI coming here today. Does that dip get bought? Because I'm assuming there may be a dip because I think it'll be hot. But I'm just also assuming the dip probably gets bought. Hey, let's bring in, uh, in Mitch and... Uh... There was a turn in the market yesterday, and uh, that turn, Mitch, tell us when that turn came. Yeah, it uh, was in the afternoons, of course, uh, the Fed minutes coming in in the afternoon around 2 o'clock, and uh, I think it was just like kind of an hourly pullback level. We can clearly see uh, bigger traders probably staying in the bullish uh, mode here, but the Fed minutes really didn't give us much, right? I mean, nope. at least from what I got there, the, the number one quote, Right to talk about participants stressing that they would need to see more data indicating that inflation pressures were abating. And I think the better question really goes to what Joel has been talking for, I think, like a year now, at least a year, is the path to lower inflation. And would we ever get back to that 2% or would we go to like a new norm? I think this really is starting to come to conversation because it looks trickier from here to get to that 2%. 
it's going to take a while. It's really a, this um, this economy just humming, you know, just humming away. But uh, what what have we all been waiting for besides the CPI number? We've been waiting for some earnings. Yeah, let's kick it earnings off right here. Let's go to Domino's Pizza. Who's getting some Domino's? Who's gotten Domino's in the last quarter? Let me know in the chat. Who likes that? Uh, let's get to the action. Uh, Domino's Pizza here reporting their earnings $4.18 beats the $3.30 estimate. Sales of $1.03 billion missed the $1.05 billion estimate. Domino's Pizza expecting fiscal year 23 global net store growth to trend at or slightly below the low end of its 5% to 7% uh, two to three year outlook. They also recorded Q3 fiscal year 23 global net store decline in eight stores with 27 net U.S. store openings and 35 net international stores closure. So it looks like they're struggling in their international as seeing 35 stores closing. Um, I don't know. The earnings didn't seem that bad. Maybe it's a store closure. Stock is down seven bucks here in the pre-market. It seems like, you know, we had the gap up on the last report back in July. We get the gap down on this report yeah. here. We just have so much, you know, again, nothing's going to matter in 24 minutes. Like, let's see what happens with the CPI number because it's going to change everything, even for the earnings stocks. It's the biggest number of the month, obviously. Uh, but I still feel like there's underneath demand here for stocks now. People are like, the bottom is in. I got to get long. They don't care that rates are still high. I mean, there's the argument that the bonds have sustained a little bit of a rally from the lows here. But, I mean, there's just underneath demand for all stocks. Don't so have I, time. So what I'm saying is you're going to have trouble getting me, you know, full on like bearish here at this point in time because – I think the bulls are in control, even after the CPI number. I think the CPI number is light. I'm just going to take it back there because we can analyze this Domino's pizza, but it's all about the CPI. So, so Mitch, what are you going to say? So, so no recession outlook anymore. Recession not coming here. A recession's coming. Just but, down yeah. the line, right? Rosy outlook. Yeah, trader hat on here. Didn't add anything. I, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I like to just but bring trading this hat is on so here. The traders You've and got, investors. Out as a trader, your job. Again, write this down. As a trader, your job is to flip, 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 flip. Go with the flow. That's your job as a trader. That's why I'm consistently profitable as a trader. As a long-term investor, your job is to buy good companies at reasonable valuations. That's the difference. So as a trader, trader hat on here. I think even if we get a dip here, I just think unless it's like so hot and they so just hot. can't take Ooh. it. But yeah. if it's just a little bit hot and we dip, we probably get bought. You've got to be able to read, you know, what has been happening. I mean, we get a war. Boom, they buy the dip. You know, we get the, you know, what was the news um, from from last week there? Well, it was the hot, what, what was the jobs number? Remember we dipped. Friday, what, Friday, Friday. I wasn't even here and I know it was the jobs number. Yeah, the jobs number. And we dipped initially and then they bought that too. You can see they're clearly buying dips. So, I mean, we have to, we have to. Be ready, you know, for all scenarios always. And stocks don't go straight down. They don't go straight up. I'm still sitting with a lot of cash in the long-term portfolio. Do I think I've missed the bottom? I think, do I think 420 is never coming again? No, I think it's going to be a tough year next year. I think we are going into a recession. But that doesn't mean we can't have, you know, you know, if this earnings isn't that bad. And again, silver lining market right now, they're finding reasons to buy stocks. 
it doesn't mean we can't have you know a little bit of a sustained rally now we are going to run to the 440 and the cpi could change everything here but i'll tell you if the cpi if we dip significantly the cpi number as a trader with the trading hat on i will be buying the dip so are you changing the uh number one chapter in your book michael france wants to know too you got to flip flop flip flop flip flip flop it should be why you flip as a trader. I mean, that's your job, man. You have to change your mind. It's why I tell hey. you people to listen to the show every single day. I trade flexible. turns. I'm a turn trader. You got to listen every day. Right now, bulls are in control. That could change. That could change tomorrow. That could change. But think could about the, this is bad news. We've had three pieces of bad news in the last week. Major stock bad news. When, yeah. when stocks start rallying on bad news, it's time to cover your shorts. So and also, that, that's what I would say. I but I'm hoping is... we get a dip. I'm hoping the CPI dips here today. I'm hoping, you know, because to be honest, I think there's just more opportunity on the long side here, at least yet. Until we get that major, what is going to turn the market here is if we get an earnings warning from one of the big seven. Then they'd be like, oh, what do you mean? You know, because it's all roses and, you know, rainbows and teddy bears and everything in the big seven. So and they and because they have low debt. So if we can get an earnings warning out of any of those, that would change things. But so far, so good. We haven't heard any earnings warnings. We did get some news from Microsoft last night, which we'll get to in a second here. But you know, Domino's Pizza, we can analyze this earnings report as much as we want. What matters is the overall market. Three forty pre market low, if you want to try and uh, lean on that, the next daily low is three thirty five oh two. Flying in on the aviation wow, flunk. Delta Airlines is soaring high, reporting Q3 EPS of $2.03, surpassing the $1.94 estimate. Their revenue, operating revenue, is on track for $15.5 billion. Uh, the company has updated their fiscal year 23 EPS guidance and is now expecting an adjusted EPS of $6 to $6.25 on the high end, a slight reduction from the prior range. This anticipated total revenue growth of around 20% and an operating margin of about 11.5, right? My. And I, I think, you know, one of the things that has happened in the aviation front, and we all were kind of worried about what would happen after the pandemic, you know, office expenses, office travel still really hasn't come back to what it was. Right. But how did they pass it on? Like always, right. They pass it on per seat and they're definitely charging more and more. I have an interesting graph here to bring in here. Uh, this is from seeking alpha. So just wanted to kind of show you guys how exactly Delta is still being able to make their money. Right. That's just charging more per available seat. You guys see the orange bars here. And people have been willing to pay it until they can't. Mm -hmm. until so people are willing break to pay the this demand. until they can't. Just keep that in mind. It's until they can't. So I think next year, there, people are going to struggle to find the money to go on the trips. And I think that's where the earnings are going to come down because the PE is five on this thing. And I think we they gotta continue keep to make money on like one. this. That, you know, they, these have been value traps. How do I know? Well, I've been losing money in American Airlines. You know, how do I know? Because the stocks, all of them have been coming straight in. So do we get a rally on this? Do we rip up on this? You know, is this a number that is good? It's a great number. It's still a great number. The market isn't worried about the earnings from last quarter, though. They're worried about the earnings going forward. And they're worried that this is not going to be just, in, just going to be as easy for the airlines as, as it has been here in the last year. 
passing it forward just may not be an option in 2024. So that's what they're worried about. So I think, you know, Delta gets up to $40. You know, it's it's been a value trap. Maybe you got to unload it. $40. Wait, wait, wait. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Joel, First, Joel, Joel, take the trading hat off. I'm not saying it's going to $37 today. It uh, I'm not saying it's going to 40 today. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, buy it at 37 It's going to 40 today. That's not happening. Zero, zero, not happening. What I'm saying is stocks go up over time. If we go into a sustained rally here and we get up near 40 that's where I would be a seller. So as of today, there's no trade for me. Okay, let's just look at uh, this. I think that this is perhaps the most important chart from last uh, last earnings season because where that red arrow is is where they came out. They beat everything was absolutely fantastic. Things couldn't be any better, and they absolutely massacred the stock. I mean, look at that move since July on a big beat. Now you hear you you know you're thinking you might be at the bottom of the range. You got a lot of overhead supply here. 40 may be a level, but today I'm just focusing on 37.50. And the reason is, is uh, there was multiple, oh, I got I messed up my chart, multiple highs in that area. And that's where the pre-market high comes in. A lot of overhead supply. Maybe we're going to 40. We'll see what happens at 37.50. But if Delta could do the opposite of what it did last quarter, then you're right. You know, the, the, you know this, is, uh, this could really ignite a rally. So that's what I'm looking at. Really I, I, a think, good number. I think it's tough when they're in really heavy downtrends like this and they're yep. not breaking trend yet. It's tough. So I think a lot, of, again, we take these numbers at face value and we say, why are we not buying Delta out of PE of five? And it's because I think we're going into a recession next year. And I think the market thinks that as well. All right, let's do a quick one here before we get Mark Chaikin on. Moving on to Walgreens Boots Alliance. They missed their earnings estimates on their Q4 report. Adjusted EPS came in at $0.67 below the expected $0.69. The decline in demand for COVID vaccines and tests in the U.S. is among the factors weighing down the company. Additionally, labor pressures from pharmacy staff has continued to impact their performance. It's worth noting that these results followed the sudden departure of their former CEO and healthcare industry veteran, Tim Wentworth, stepping in. Um, Again, stocks rallying on bad news is a time to cover your shorts. If you're short WBA, it's been a great ride here. You had Kramer yesterday saying he would buy it. He's turned on this. He was actually bearish and he's getting behind the bull train on this thing. I'm not buying in my long-term portfolio. I still think WBA long-term is going a lot lower, but I would say if I'm short the stock, I don't want to see it rallying on bad news. So, you know, we saw it yesterday dipping ahead. You know, it ripped because there was a report. I don't remember what it was. It was something yesterday, some type of news, a rumor. Um, and it popped up 24, came right back down, gave it back. Um, I'd be careful though if I was short it because this report wasn't great and now we just went green. You don't want to see your shorts rallying on bad news. Yesterday's low and close right in this area. I'm going to discount the pre-market action for right now because I don't think we're going to get that far under 2160. So let's see. I mean, if market holds a bit, once again, things could change here in 14 minutes. But uh, if it holds the close of the bit, I don't know if it has the legs to get back up to yesterday's high, uh, which was 2395. All right, guys, it's time for a little bit of some shaking. Let's shake, guys, a little dance. Mark Chaikin's on. All right, how we doing, Mark? 
Oh, we're doing great. I'm talking to you from Palazzo in Florence. Oh, awesome. Mm. Nice. Nice. Uh, How long are you going to be over overseas here, Mark? Two weeks. And I've got to tell you, the tour, we've been in Florence for four days. The tourists are everywhere, and they're all American tourists. Young People. kids, young kids, droves of them. So they may not be traveling next year, but they're traveling right now. And that, and we see it in the numbers. We saw it in Delta's numbers here right now. Um, so, so by give the, us your by thoughts. The way, well, a, a, one point that I think you got to make every time you talk about the airlines is the rising cost of jet fuel. Yeah. And so, part of that waterfall decline that we saw from the August peak, or from the uh, the June peak, was price of oil went skyrocketed to almost a hundred bucks a barrel or ninety bucks, whatever it peaked at. Yeah, almost a hundred. So. That's a big component, and you can't overlook that when you talk about uh, maybe more so than demand because people are uh, stretched in terms of what they're willing to pay, as you pointed out. And I don't think they can raise prices to cover that fuel surge uh, much beyond where they are because I I hear people complaining about that. And and I'm talking about wealthy people that I occasionally bump into, you know, when I'm slumming, but uh, people are sensitive to the price of an airline ticket all right we're on the line with mark chaikin he's the founder of chaikin analytics he joins us every two weeks on thursdays to share his views on the markets oh mark i gotta go global macro with you first here you've been around the block through a few different crises along myself i mean this is uh this is uh really escalating here in the united states involvement we don't know at this point but the market doesn't care what 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 do you what do you make of uh, the current global macro situation and possible implications? Well, normally when you have a geopolitical incident like a war in the Middle East, and sadly there have been too many of them, so they're like their own category. Uh, oil goes up, stocks go down. In this case, stocks didn't go down. Why didn't they go down? Because bonds went up and yields dropped, and that's sort of typical as well. So I think. Last week's market was uh, capitulation um, on the bond bulls and a, a really driven on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday by the bond vigilantes or bond bears. Take your, take your pick on what you're going to call them. But clearly, these guys have been in charge and taken interest rates even beyond where the Fed needed them to be. So once interest rates started dropping, and there was a pretty steep drop in the 10-year, uh, the stock market was pretty pleased at that. that now, um, in terms of the overall market, we're running into resistance here on this rally. So 4,400 to 4,440 is, I think, where this thing is going to uh, run out of gas. And mm-hmm. then we'll see whether the geopolitical stuff affects them. But as, as Dennis points out, earnings uh, season is on us. I think earnings are going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got two... That's interesting. Sort of guidepost to, to hitch that on to the um, Kansas City uh, GDP now Fedcast is still projecting 4.9% GDP growth in the fourth uh, the third quarter. So that's got to show up in earnings. And analysts are continuing to cut estimates going into earnings season. So I think earnings season is going to be great. And maybe that counterbalances the geopolitical uh, uncertainties or you know when they really get serious about what they're going to do, um, maybe that's enough. But I think technicals are critical here 
4,200 held, the bottom of the channel, the 200-day average. I think it may break at least once to scare out the weak bulls, but I think there's plenty of support under that uh, that can be, uh, you know, that will come in and keep us in what I consider to be uh, an up market. Awesome, Mark. Uh, of course, the power gauge is going to show us where there might be some opportunities in the market. What is on your outlook there? What's the power gauge showing us? Uh, I love the software stocks, still love Adobe. And uh, I think in this market, if you're looking for longer term investments or stocks to buy on a dip, you want to see stocks that are at or near their highs, their rally peaks. So Adobe's just ticking up near there. I love Adobe. They came out with a big suite of AI add-ins to their cloud offering. And this stock is a long-term hold in my view. The cybersecurity stocks, no surprise with the, the failures that went on in Israel, uh, Palo Alto Networks, PANW, and CrowdStrike, which is an Israeli cybersecurity company, making new highs pre-market. Um, so these are the stocks you don't want to buy up here with uh, the resistance right above us. And by the way, I've, uh, I've talked about this. I don't look at the 50-day average. I look at the 70-day SMA. That's at 44.40. And that, that is the true resistance level that has worked for the last four years. So um, you don't want to buy these stocks here for sure. I don't want to buy anything at these prices. Uh, if I'm a trader, if I'm an investor, I want to look at a pullback. And here's a perfect example. Um, Alphabet, G-O-O-G-L had a perfect six score in our technical and uh, fundamental models a week ago, about seven days ago. It was trading down around 126, and it's rallied up to a new high at 140. And this is, so I think if you're disciplined, you wait for the pullbacks, you can find the right names to be in at comfortable prices. I think that's what we've got to continue to do. I mean, we obviously speak to two types of investment. We speak to or investors. We speak to the short-term trader. We speak to the long-term investor. But if you're a long-term investor, I think having your having your list, Merck. You know, you're a longer-term investor. Having your list, having it ready, you know, to go when you do get that eventual pullback. Because this, what we've learned in 2023 is stocks don't go straight up and stocks don't go straight down. They have been going sideways here for a while here so when you're you know market rallies four percent in four days it's usually not the time to back up and load the truck yeah i mean and regimes change so there are times when stocks and bonds go in the opposite direction and then there are sort of good uh, bull markets when stocks and bonds go in the same direction and um, you, you got to be sensitive to those changes in this market climate in my view now, if I'm a trader, I'm definitely selling into Strat today. Uh, you know, but if I'm a long-term investor, I do not want to lose my positions in Adobe, Palo Alto Networks, um, CrowdStrike. Another one that we've talked about on this show, make, making a new all-time high or close to it, Onto, semi-O-N-T-O. Uh, so you just have to believe. And if you believe, then you want to be buying the dips. And, you know, I think I talked about this. Uh, before the first big run-up on the show. And it had the big run-up, but look at that pullback. I mean, there are plenty of opportunities. That's 15% yeah. pullback. So, you know, with, with markets volatile and with uh, bonds driving the bus right now, there are going to be plenty of opportunities. But 
4,440, I think, is it. If we go beyond that, then, then the bears are just all washed up. But chat I, room I has a whole... Mark, chat room has a whole bunch of stocks for you. So I just want to do like two, sure. three minutes of ticker time with you really quickly here before the number. CPI obviously coming in five minutes here. Dwayne wants to know about Disney. I want to get your thoughts on Disney here too because this stock obviously is at long-term support. We're talking about a stock at a seven-year low. It's at the COVID lows. The 80 seems to be holding here yet. Is there a time to go bottom fishing in the house of mouse? Well, this is probably it by coincidence. I don't want to drop names, but I had a dinner before we left for Italy with one of the two people who's trying to reorganize, you know, who's trying to get them to um, to make some changes. And uh, he's, you know, he couldn't be more solid on the long-term outlook, but it's a long-term play. If you're a trader, you know, streaming wars are tough and they've, they've spent an awful lot of money on content in streaming that's outside of their sweet spot. You know, we're not talking about the 99 polar bear dance. They're, they're doing violent stuff. And uh, arguably the new people who thought they were the saviors are just not there. But I, I think long-term, the assets, the theme parks, ESPN, ABC, this is, these are valuable assets. Streaming, who knows where they go with Hulu. I, I subscribe to Hulu, it's a great service, but streaming has is, is become a commodity and it's tough. And they've spent too much on uh, content, in my view. You want to grab one more, Dennis, from the chat? Yeah, we'll just grab one more here. What about what about the TLT? I mean, I was looking at this in my long-term account with a long-term investing hat on, looking at you know the fall from 170 down. Obviously, if you feel rates are going higher, like you know we've we've had a few people talking about, even Jamie Dimon talking about seven, eight, ten percent rates. Um, Rick Santelli talking twelve percent rates. That's, yeah, which seems crazy. Guys, that's not happening. Inflation. Yeah, then I'm with you, Mark. Bad. Would you this be bottom fishing? 70s. Would you be bottom fishing long term in the TLT? Five percent. Five percent on the uh, plus five percent on the ten year, and, and yeah, I step in there. But we're not there right now. We got close. The, the power 5%. gauge. The power gauge can't be bullish. The TLT. No, it's just... not. It's been bearish okay. all the way yeah. down. And that's yeah. but that's mostly technicals. There on the right. uh, bond right. funds. There's, it's not fundamentals, but. Uh, I would certainly avoid the uh, interest-sensitive uh, cyclicals, even though they're so oversold. You know, utilities and uh, consumer staples, ooh, no thank you. No thank you. But these people are talking, if we got 7% rates, you guys would be off the air. Nobody would be watching. They'll oh, be what do you mean? We're in our best in the down market. You didn't well, listen to yeah, us during COVID? Did we get our best views in a down market? <laughs> he thinks the stock market's imploding if that happens. <laughs> go look at the viewership on CNBC after the dot-com crash. Yeah. And, then, and then after the 08 uh, financial collapse. The they they just, all come here, Mark. They'll come to yeah, Benzinga, well, right? Be nice, but uh, tr <laughs> trust me, if we have 7% rates, you don't want to be anywhere near the markets. Unless you're short. And I don't think we're going there. I don't think there's I don't a think reason so either. to. I don't think there's a reason to. And, um, you know, remember, the Fed said lower forever right before the bottom when short-term rates were half of 1%. And now they're saying higher for longer. Who are you going to believe? I mean, they haven't been right since Volcker. And even he was a little bit off for a while. But I, I don't think, you know, we do have the Fed doves out there now trying to 
calmed the waters over the last four days. That's also what helped the market. But all right, Mark, we're going to get to this big yeah. CPI number. Safe and I'm trip going up to there. Too. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks you very yeah. much. All good. My pleasure. All right, hey, Joel, we ready? We ready? Yeah, we're ready. Technical setup here is, I mean, someone thinks we're having a a, a soft number here. Uh, pre market high forty four thirty fifty. Nothing there except a quarterly quarterly number for me, but we'll see how we do on a closing basis. I see no clear resistance for another 20 handles at 44.47. Coming back on the downside, we have a gap from yesterday's high and the close at 09.75. So if there's a dip off this number, that could be the first stopping point. Algo jumpers are... Just being algo jumpers here. Early indications are, though, from uh, the after hours of pre-market trading. Okay, here we go. We're starting to heat up. All right. Year-over-year year outlook is going to be on regular 3.6 prior 3.7. Expected to come down only 0.1. Month-over-month outlook there at 0.3 versus the prior 0.6. Then when we get to core CPI month-over-month month at 0.3, prior 0.3, and then the year-over-year year outlook, Hot, was prior 4.3 and consensus 4.1. I'm leaning to hot side. It is hot. I can tell you it's hot. Oh, my man, seeing the action hit real quick. CPI month over month, 0.3 versus 0.3. Um, that's really? looking in line. CPI month over month uh, for September, 0.4 versus a 0.3 estimate. Now the All year right. over year coming in at 3.7 versus 3.6. So a little bit hot there in uh year over year outlook and then the core uh cpi coming in in line 4.1 4.1 wow. so pretty much all numbers coming in line maybe this the year over year number at 3.7 versus there's something 3. they don't 6. like in there there's something they don't like in there but uh we did get a dip right now i mean a look at the dip of six handles it uh we're holding, we're holding. We did dip under 44.20 here, but the bulls are definitely not caving yet at all off this number. Uh, we started right at 44.27, 44.27 and a half. A little bit of dip, but the, bull, the bulls are digging in here. Let's see how long it can last. Give us some more details, Mitch, because everything looks in line, but the, the first move was a punch lower. What else yeah. you got in the report? The index for shelter was the largest contributor to monthly all items increase, accounting for more than over half of the increase. That is the negative I think that we're seeing here because shelter is so sticky. Don't forget that. And if now shelter is being the largest contributor, we were looking for seeing shelter starting to show signs okay, of weakness. And so I'm thinking that that's what it is. An increase in the gasoline index was also a major contributor. We talked about that. We kind of expected the gasoline one. The unexpected thing, I think, is the increase you're seeing in shelter. Um, let's go ahead. Let's go to the actual graph. I'm going to bring it up here. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll share my screen so you guys can see that graph of what we're seeing there in shelter. And it just goes to show us that, that that's the sticky area of inflation, right? And I think we all see it around us. You guys see the home prices. You guys see the rent prices. Those aren't going down anytime soon. And uh, I'll zoom in a little bit here so you guys can see it. But shelter is right over here. Shelter uh, right here is on this line here. So you guys can see how it's down there. Um, it's gone down to 0.3 on the last one. Now it went to 0.6 back to a high reading there um, and contributing to majority of the increases right now. 
Then you look at gasoline, gasoline also kind of giving that nice little jump there on energy commodities. You guys can see it right here. Fuel oil kind of definitely contributing to some of this increase. And I mean, gas piped, that didn't do that bad. Uh, natural gas is actually in the negative. So that's actually helping out a little bit. Electricity coming up a little bit, but nothing big there. I think it all comes down to the shelter. The price action. The, the price oil. action is, is that they don't like to report. I mean, that's what we're looking at. That was the initial knee jerk reaction. The, uh, the pre-market buyers here are under pressure. We're coming down to the lows of the session at 15 and a quarter. So, you know, Mark talked about coming into some resistance here and they didn't get exactly what they wanted with the number. Now you gotta you gotta be thinking here that we're you know at least gonna go flat on the session. That would be at 0975. And if the bulls can't make a make a stand at flat on the session, then you know maybe we'll have a red day. But they they've tried to support <laughs> it. The initial knee jerk reaction is down. Uh, we just made a new low by just a tick there. So bulls are trying to dig in. They're getting hit though. I'm looking at some equities. Apple's in the red. Microsoft we could talk about in a little bit. That had so. That's got a big tax bill. I hope I don't have a tax bill like that coming. Uh, let's take a look at uh, some of the other stocks they're holding up. Tesla in the red, but I think there was some negative news on that. Uh, but right now, they're, they're, there's undoubtedly selling pressure in this market, making new lows of the session as we speak. So knee-jerk reaction was right by the algos there. I can tell you other medias are trying to point out consumer prices. I think it's all about the shelter here, but they're pointing out to a increase in uh, paying for services and a variety of goods uh, that consumers are paying for more. And let's just be honest, guys. Um, inflation really hasn't come down, right, for the consumer. But that's just that's just a, a given, right? We all see the prices at the stores. Um, I saw that recently even um, olive oil prices are now taking a, a huge olive spike. Oil. Yeah, so hide your olive oil. Um, but uh, it looks like uh, I think this is also have to do with just such a strong rally in the last couple of days. The Like Dennis said, that the dip could be bought here. I think also the dip could be bought here. Now, the only question is how far do we dip on the recent rally? Right. We've there's had a, a lot. There's a lot of room to dip off the recent. Exactly. Rally. We, we rallied. We here. rallied off. War. I don't know. It just it, just, it feels like the complexion, you know, just early on here, you know, the PPI was hotter than expected and the market cut truck tried to shrug it off. Now, the CPI number is in line with a few negatives there and they're not really shrugging it off. So uh, made a new low of the session at 1350 here still staying green bulls still you know digging in so it wasn't one of those wipe out the book you know down 50 handles today but you could definitely feel the selling pressure coming into the market uh let's see i just kind of like to check see how the banks are reacting to this bank america is still flat uh jp morgan that's still showing a small gain here but i think those uh could be uh, erased pretty quickly. It looks like we're definitely heading for unchanged here at 4409.75. So bears getting their way here a little bit off this uh, off the CPI number. Yeah, we'll see what happens now. I think let's go taking a look at maybe different areas of the market. I know that we have the banks coming up, right? Earnings are coming just tomorrow, tomorrow, we got JPM, we got BlackRock, City, Wells Fargo, PNC is a report I really want to see. Um, when we get into more regional, 
banks, especially. I'm going to be looking deeper into those earnings reports. Uh, but there's a lot coming out tomorrow, right, guys? You guys got to keep your eyes open for that. Uh, the banks have kind of been getting a little bit of a lift into their earnings, at least the last couple of days. Does this kind of top out the action right before the earnings? Yeah, they've gotten a bounce here uh, with the overall market, JP Morgan. You know, that's uh, that's yeah. tomorrow, right before the mm -hmm. bell. I mean, you know, that's going to move five, six, seven, eight bucks, you know, one way or another. I don't know, not sure what the spread is on that one, but uh, full disclosure, I did pick that up uh, during the um, the March meltdown and still sitting on some profits, but. I don't know. A little nervous going into the report here. Not so much about J.P. Morgan, but just kind of the, the rally that we had that's dissipating here. We are about to go unchanged on the session here. So right now, buyers are buyers are a little buyer strike up here after a really strong after hours in pre-market trading. So looks like you got a little bit of a rug pull going on in that. There we go. There's we just ticked unchanged at 0975. If the bulls are gonna make a stance here, boom, they better do it. They better do it on the hop. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't seem like it right now, but let's go, let's move over. We'll come back to this action. We'll have Dennis back in just a second, guys. Smash the like. Uh, the United Auto Workers Union has initiated an unexpected strike against Ford Motors as their highly profitable SUV and pickup truck plant in Kentucky. Uh, the strike commenced at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. It came after Ford refused to make further progress in the labor negotiations. This strike involves 8,700 workers and could be a major implication not only for Ford, but for the entire automotive sector. If you just want to talk um, about, um, if you just want to talk about like bad news and things that are going on and <laughs> I mean, you know, with the what's going on in the Middle East, you know, you, you forget about the strike, this prolonged strike that's going on. Uh, Ford, uh, you know, getting hit on this, had been holding up pretty well under 12 bucks. I mean, just put to, I mean, if you just look what the market did in the in the face of some of the, the global macro, the strikes and everything, I think I think it was amazing rally. I'm not I'm not as bullish as you guys. I think I think this report, uh, the CPI report, could have put us a little bit of a temporary top in there. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see if the bulls the bulls have been known to step up the last four you know four or five days in a row. Let's yeah. see if they can do it once again. Holding in near unchanged. Unchanged was 0975. So you did get done if you're out there at that level. We'll see if they could be defended. Yeah, the famous line, the market likes to hurt where it can hurt the most. I think the most was starting to lean right back to the upside. I know that some people would say that they see bearish out there, but I see the quick flip real quick. And then I start seeing people, you know, going really quickly back to the AI names and even C3AI, you saw it recently start getting a lift. When I see things like this, this is when I think, okay, well, this is just quick uh, kind of hype coming into the market. Uh, AI has been making a little bit of a move back. Do I think that AI is going to make it back there towards, let's say, uh, 48 to the highs? No, I don't think this is, I don't think this really has anything to really do with revenues that are going to be increasing in AI. Microsoft also has been the big move, right? That they mentioned their AI chip. I think that led a lot of this rally. Let's talk a little bit about Microsoft and see that action. What do you think about that chart now? Well, first of all, that I just looked at the AI and that put yeah, in a hard bottom there. Yeah, hard bottom there. I mean, if you had been 
talking about this the last couple of days, I'd say big boys are stepping up here just yeah. under what's that, $25, 23-and-a-half. That's a sign of like not one buyer, not two buyers, but you know, a sign of some institutional accumulation. You're getting a nice pop on it here. Uh, pair of highs to keep an eye on at 28. But uh, let's talk a little bit about um, about Microsoft. And uh, I don't know if uh, if people are going to be so thrilled about AI if they get a $29 billion tax bill. Yeah, that's going to be a little bit interesting. Microsoft said the IRS, IRS notified the company it owes an additional $28.9 billion in back taxes. I don't know how that one happens. Uh, some CPA is definitely going to get a call today okay, yeah. and can be I, like, can you um, come down to my aunt, like, you know, when you're in elementary school and you know, you did something wrong and yeah. you just <laughs> wait for that announcement, uh, Joel got into the principal's office. That's the way that guy's feeling. In, yeah, uh, he, he's in, definitely in head down today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Nardella wants to see you. Uh, but, um, anyways, this was traded red, uh, before the number because it had, it had its own news. So that was trading down three bucks. So this is, uh, if you're looking for, you know, the dip in the, in the big tech to buy, uh, Microsoft was on selling pressure, uh, before the number did have a nice rally. We're traded down three bucks here. Uh, at uh, 329. Uh, it, let's see here. Right at yesterday's low, uh, once again, 329.14 was yesterday's low. Pre market trading, you're trying to catch a bid here at this area. If not, your next daily low is not down for a buck, uh, for a buck and a half. Uh, coming back on the upside here, a lot of people would get a quick sympathy rally off the open. Uh, it unchanged pretty close to the high of the session. 332.42, but uh, AI going after Microsoft on taxes, that cannot be a good feeling. Holy. Uh, it, it, Dennis, uh, do you want to weigh in on Microsoft? Do you want to no, weigh in on the No, just weigh in on the overall market here. So we did. Yeah. We didn't quite get to Anchon Spy because I had a big order sitting on Spy ready to go and buy it at Anchon the Futures. I was listening to you. Man, I should have been going Anchon the Futures, not the Spy. Because <laughs> yeah. the Futures, you know, we know the Spy at the Wicked Rally right after. So yeah. that's what throws it out. But we know we've come down significantly here. It it helped me out because I kind of thought it was going to be a little bit hot because of PPI yesterday. So I was expecting a dip. So I'm like, hell. So I, I was short going into the numbers, so I've covered the shorts and I've hedged myself up here now. So which is nice to be able to be hedged now because I was you know a little bit nervous like going to the number and you're going short. You're like better better not be better not be light. <laughs> Gambled a bit and paid off. Um, again, I still think there's underneath demand here. So go back to the number. There was so much trading that I was doing, I really couldn't digest ahead, it all here, Mitch. And let's just do it one more time. Just for myself and maybe listeners who obviously, you know, maybe didn't catch everything. Oh, nice catch me by surprise. I love it. (laughs) Back to the numbers. I got you. Just give me a second here. Uh, Let me just pull it up here. All right. So core CPI was at 0.3. The estimate was 0.3. And that's month over month. Then when we look at the core CPI year over year, 4.1 versus 4.1 in line. Yeah. Then we look at year over year outlook for CPI overall. This is what came just slightly hotter, 3.7 versus a 3.6 estimate prior being 3.7. So essentially just didn't go anywhere. They expected it to come down 0.1. It didn't go anywhere. Month over month for September at 0.4 versus a 0.3 estimate, slightly higher. 
prior was at 0.6, so a slightly higher reading there. But like I mentioned, I think the big part here is the shelter because home prices have not gone down at all. And I, I even heard this conversation. It was pretty interesting that, you know, the the amount of like costs that these interest rates are, are costing on new houses, right? And that's just created a stalemate in shelter, right? And I don't think this is going to change. You know, this is going to be something that's going to be persistent for a long time, the shelter inflation. Now, what will happen from this? I'm not going to make speculation on it, but there's something that has to happen at some point. Something has to break. I think all of that, it's, you know, and we can analyze, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously something has to break here eventually, but it didn't break today. I yeah, think it, that's the main thing, Mitch, is that it didn't break today. And this feels like the PPI number all over again. This doesn't feel like a number that they're going to hammer the stocks all the way back down and give it back. It actually feels like it could be Groundhog Day, meaning we repeat, we dip on the slightly hot number, and then institutional money managers come in. It's like, yeah, but I got too much cash. I got to buy stocks. I'm going to use this dip to buy them. So I'm kind of on the bull train here to the 4, 440. I've, I've had that in my head for a few days. You know, we've talked about the 440. I've still got it in my head. And I don't think this number is going to derail us from getting to the 440. I did say I'd unload everything if we got to 440, and we're not far from there. Um, I think you unload your swings at 440, but I think we got another 30 handles of upside here. I don't know if it's coming today, but I don't think this number is enough to derail it, and we're going to tank like 50 points a day. I don't see that happening. Did you see the reaction in the stocks of the futures? Because I, what I've noticed over the last couple numbers is that like the, like the, the stocks will – They'll they'll wait to cut you know like do you get the immediate action in the futures? Do you see any unusual moves in? Uh, well, you know, the, the, the the majors get hit right off the bat always, Joel. When uh -huh. you see these numbers come in, the magnificent seven takes a beating because those are the first ones you think about. But there's always laggards. I mean, they don't hit everything. That the the equity traders, if there's any, you know, they're a little bit like okay, well, futures, we're gonna chop around, we're we gonna go straight down, straight up. So there's that little bit of caution there too. So cautious selling. In the stocks on the number, obviously I was doing some selling of stocks and buying of of S and P of, of spy, just doing a little bit of arbitrage there. But overall, I had this in my, I have this thought process. I kind of had it, you know, that I thought we might dip on the number, and I was going to buy the dip, and that's what I've been doing is slowly buying the dip, trying to, you know, get out of whatever I was short. I'm not long here, but I'm not short anymore. So I I still think bulls are in control, even though this number. It's just a teeny bit hot. Where was the? Uh, I just looking at the close and the spider was uh, 40, uh, 36, 32. And then on that dip, you're right, Dennis, you just missed it. Uh, we did get to 36, 42. We missed I, it. My order is still out there. You want to know where my order was? I'm going to look at <laughs> the book. I was 40, 46, 35. And yeah. I shouldn't know that because there's so many traders that just sit at the unch. On, on the spy and there's and always support when you're up all sessions so here's a tip mm -hmm. you. when you're yep. up the entire after hours session we never dipped into the red there are traders who are shorting pops that are like trying to get it back to the flat Unch. so it's predictable that on a number that isn't you know really really hot if it was really really hot it would blew through everything but yeah. that we probably turn it unch and that's what we did. We did it on the futures, and we almost got there on SPY. We didn't quite get there. So I should have been a little bit above Unch. I was like, they're leaning on me because I was sitting pretty much at Unch. I should have been a little more above Unch, and I would have been filled on a really good fill. 
So now we're up a buck from there on this buy. So, you know, trading is always an art to a certain extent, but, you know, just having the history and understanding, you know, like I've traded the entire after hours yep. session. So I know we never yep. went to unch. There's probably overnight traders that are caught. I was caught short a little bit too. And they're using that opportunity to lighten up their shorts. And, and conversely, when a stock uh, opens a lot lower or we come in with the futures lower and everything, a lot of times you using that the sympathetic pop off the open. So it can work both ways. When you yeah. have a lot of pre-market action above the net close, uh, whatever it is, whether it's the S, the S&Ps went through it by merely two points. I mean, if you didn't have your order out there on the way down and then, you know, use it both ways. When something opens lower, I think I like first when I if something opens a lot lower, first thing I look at, can it get back to the bottom of the previous day's range? Well, if it can do that, can it get back to unchanged on the session? So let's just stop. We're trying to get you guys to look at the markets uh, two ways here. We did get back half of our losses here for the session. So 44.19 is a number that, uh, like, you know, a level that the market is giving me. It's not something that I determined before the market opened, but it's something from the 44.30.50 high down to the 07.75 low. Uh, right now, uh, overall, with all the price actions still made here at 44.19 and a uh, little bit of a bid here, uh, getting back into the 44.20 handle. So uh, we can do some ticker time. Do we do? Do we do? Can we do fast and all? I mean, I, I know yeah, it's not uh, the most widely filed stock, but Dennis and I call it the nuts and bolts of the economy. So let, let's do that one real quick and talk about a low bar, high bar. You guys got to explain me that whole conversation, but let's talk about the numbers here. Fastenoak EPS, 52 cents beats the 50 cent estimate. Sales of 1.85 billion miss the 1.85 billion estimate. I think this was off by a couple million, so it's not a big miss, right? It's probably just a slight, slight miss there on Fastenal. But uh, this is not something that I trade often. Why do you guys feel it's the nut and bolts? Well, we, it's the pun is what Joel is using because they obviously are fast and all. It makes nuts, bolts, and everything that you use in construction to fasten things down. <laughs> so, I mean, Joel and me always joke. About I don't even know this being, company. So, you guys just build. Oh, fast and all makes. So, you build a house. You're every. You, you think about how many nuts and bolts, you know, <laughs> and and things to fasten things down, nails and everything that go into a house. This is your company that makes all that. This is your alter. You know, it's it's your construction. It's, so it's a completely construction company. They make all of that stuff. So yeah. So here we learned something new today. Me and Joel have always joked fast <laughs> all the nuts and bolts of the economy because obviously the economy is booming. People are building stuff, and Fastenal is the one that fastens the things down. So I mean, this is a fantastic company. It's it in in an, in, a, in an in an economy that's expanding rapidly. Um, we. This is a, a stock that does very well in a recession. People aren't building as much stuff. The stock can actually start to go down. But it's just a fabulous company, fabulously run company. Yep. One that you have in your long-term portfolio, you're probably happy that you do. <laughs> it's one that I've always wanted in my long-term portfolio. It's I don't know if it's ever made it in there. I, maybe it's been in there once or twice. It's a stock that I do trade, though, and I trade it with the home builders. You learn something new every day, guys. Well, right here, here pre-market prep. If, 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 you think, if, if you think that, uh, like, I'm a, I'm a long-term holder, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, these charts don't even go back. I, I have um, a, a family uh, a family relative that's been telling me about this stock 
literally for 30 years and i think they ran it like 30 years before that and uh i don't know what they're gonna do with it <laughs> have but an that's, opening maybe i got that for cousin jimmy was uh the nuts and bolts or is that just no it's for me i say that you? all the time yeah i've said that for years the nuts and bolts the economy that's for me yeah Okay. All right. We'll give we'll give Dennis that, that thing goes that back to so you can't say it's an old joke. Forever. Yeah. Seven man. Eighty seven. Man, before uh, I was born, this company was out there <laughs> doing things. Oh yeah, yeah. We, yeah. You're yeah, building yeah, something. Yeah. You're buying Fastenal products. <laughs> Bottom line. All right, guys. Let's take it to some maybe some quick ratings action. Uh, B of A securities with definitely an interesting one. I think the chat will find this one interesting. Also, contrarian that indeed upgrading target to buy and raising price target to one thirty five. What do you think about this one, guys? It needs a vote of confidence. It's a stock that is absolutely in the gutter. Put Dollar General in that same category here. So this kickstarts it a little bit. They are combing the ditches and trying to find stocks that haven't gone yet. You're starting to see the stocks that have just been, you know, had the living crap kicked out of them start to show life. So this is a contrarian call. It's going to lift the stock. It's not like they're upgrading it at, you know, new all-time highs. It's a completely contrarian call. Contrarian calls always are worth more. Than momentum calls always write that down too if you're looking at analysts you never take an analyst at face value you have to consider what the stock has been doing you get a contrarian call it's usually worth more meaning the immediate reaction to that call is likely to be more than if this was a momentum call and you know they're upgrading walmart nice. so if they were upgrading walmart it wouldn't be up 2.45 percent but they're wearing target everybody hates target so they're taking note and that can squeeze some shorts and turn it around now not saying this is the bottom just saying that this is, you know, probably worth the three percent that it's up at least this call. Uh, we did. We're in the one twelve handle, right? Uh, so we'll just always look through uh, the pre market high, see if you get followed through through one twelve oh nine. I'm not seeing anything really here. Let's see if I can find something on the dailies. I guess I'll give it a little bit more room here, and if they really like this, to keep it going to one twelve. I keep an eye on one twelve fifty. Uh, that's the next daily high, but you really don't have a cluster like a double top or you know a close and a top in the same area. So this one looks pretty wide open to the upside. If you're looking to buy a dip either today or in the future, maybe under 111. Wow, top of yesterday's range 110.41. I could see that if you get another you know downturn in the market, but evaluation contrarian call and I you know a catalyst, and I just want to. I uh, mentioned uh, real quick, we'll do some more tickers after this. What about First Solar, right? You know, yesterday we had some good news, like France provisions, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's not that big. But what if someone comes out and upgrades the they stocks? Did. And, the, yeah. and they did. Yeah, they there did. you go. Barclays was listening in, guys. Upgrading First Solar to overweight and lowering price target to 224 Barclays, if you're out there listening, you guys just, you guys can give us a call if you want to come on the show. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's getting a pop in a downtrend. You know, these are tough things. Another contrarian call. Really in no man's land here. Only 18,000 shares have traded. So if they really want to get this thing going, I'd say, well, it is going. Uh, your next daily high is not till 161.99. 
All right, team, let's wrap up the markets. What are you guys thinking? It's definitely a little bit of a shakeup with the CPI report coming in, but really yeah. didn't really come off in, you know, anywhere near uh, what we thought would be like hot, right? I mean, I don't think it was hot there. It was just no, slightly off. it was in line and a little bit of hotness to it. And they hit the stocks a little bit. They didn't know really what, they knew that they wanted to hit it a bit, but they didn't want to hammer it. So the algos re- were reluctant sellers, we'll say here. The algos were reluctant sellers. So what does that mean for today? Well, we got to put it in perspective. We've come a long ways from the low. I'm not adding stocks into the long-term portfolio when we just rallied 5% in five days or 4% in five days. It's been a big move. It's been a nice move. I think there's room to 440. I think if you're long, I think I might hold out for that if you were long for the last 30 handles. I think there's room. Unless we get that, you know, the tape bomb, like an earnings you know, warning or something from one of the guns, I think bulls still remain in control here and dips are being bought. So as a trader... I'm buying dips as a long-term investor. Still sitting on a lot of cash. Okay, um, I think like that. You know, like ten, twenty, and thirty. I'm gonna make it as simple as that. Uh, we had to break, and we got just below unchanged. That was 0975. So not getting real picky with the numbers. Holding 4510. That nice rebound that we just had there off that uh, off that uh, pre-market low stopped at 4420. So I'm looking at that. The bulls got established a bit off that. And then what do you know? The high from the pre-market session is at 44.30.50. And uh, that, that's a quarterly swing number that, that, that I have in play. It's just, you know, no daily higher lows there. So between that, chop and slop. But uh, nice rebound off the close to see if the bulls can it, continue to defend that. It feels like tech wants to sell off here, though. I will say that. It feels like it's like, you know, they're buying like Target, you know, because it's upgraded here today. But they're buying, if I'm looking at my thing, it's a lot of stocks that have beaten up that are going up. And then obviously we had the Microsoft news, but Tesla's red, Apple's almost red, Google's barely holding green, Amazon's up a little bit more. But you can kind of feel like, it feels like they want to sell tech today. So I'm not necessarily coming in and buying the dip on just tech stocks. Some of them have just run way too far. But maybe it's a you know, maybe it's time for some of the other stocks to like show some life here. I mean, IWM has rallied, but not nearly as much as obviously the Magnificent Seven. Maybe it was a little catch-up trade here for a few days. I mean, uh, just to, uh, I'm sorry, just real quick. Ahead, last week when uh, you know we were talking, I'm like, well, man, the, the spoons are making a new low, but like Apple's good. There was one day, Dennis, where like the spoons were red, and like Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, and they were all they were all up. And I'm, we, I was thinking, okay, you know, and then the, the market ended up rallying later today. Maybe today's the the opposite. And if you want to look at one stock and one number, how about this 180 in Apple, Dennis? We are right back to our our level bet at 180. It did pop up. Oh, yeah, Anybody want out? That what did I have? Anybody want out? What level you did I one, have? You had 160. Yeah, so we got down 167, and then we're all the way back up. Yeah, I'd sell Apple. I'm still in the camp. Same, I know, not I changing know. my story here. Overvalued. Um, we've had a nice rally here up at major resistance here. I don't load the apple here. I actually, I should initiate a short really right now, but maybe I should initiate a short today on apple. Well, maybe an idea there. We'll definitely be watching the action today. It's been what four straight green days, right? I think this would have been the fifth if we get another one. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I I, I, I don't think we're going to be contrarian in me says short apple 180. 
We'll see what happens, guys. Where do you guys get this stuff? Of course, right here on Pre-Market Prep. You guys keep up with Dennis Dick, Joel Elkan, and of course, you guys see their Twitters right there at the bottom. Triple D Trader at Spoos. It's always good to have you boys. Go do what you guys do best. Go get to your trading action. Thanks, Mitch. All right, let's go ahead. We'll wrap it up here, team. Bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Of course, we got a lot more for you guys right here on Benzinga. Let's see what I can find. Let's see if maybe I short Apple myself. Who knows? Find out. The only way to find out, come right here. Next, live trading starting up.